Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of History of the MCU, the podcast that covers anything and everything MCU-related. I am one of your hosts, Jake, but you probably know me as Lord Anarchy or Lord of Thunder, but at this point, you may also know me as Miss Agatha Harkness. Congratulations on your MTV Awards, but <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love seeing I love seeing them win. Sam won, too, or Sam, Anthony Mackie won, too, and then... Uh, that was amazing. Yeah, and th- I mean, I, I know that's MTV Awards, which is obviously not anything like the Emmys and shit, but there's a good chance the MCU shows are going to get some uh, some dope recognition here in award seasons, even if they don't Sorry. win, yeah. I am the Slim Reaper, the Dragon of Purgatory Chasm, Sorceress Supreme, Scarlet Bitch, the Power Stroker, your Lady Loki, Jenny, motherfucking Mac. So as always, quick spoiler warning, this is a rewatch podcast, so we will potentially be talking about any of the MCU movies, one-shots, TV shows, tie-in comics, and this week we'll be previewing the newest Disney Plus series, Loki. So I'm really excited about this show, but I honestly have like no real clue what the fuck is going to happen. They There was an article the other day that said there's going to be more time travel in Loki than there was in Avengers Endgame. And I was like, you know, no shit. Like that's like the literal premise of the entire show. Right, Lida. What what we do know at this point is we're getting six episodes. So like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, each episode is probably going to be close to an hour long. Kevin Feige has said that Tom Hiddleston steals every scene that he's in, which is remotely surprising. Yeah, not remotely surprising to me at all. Loki gets caught after the events of Endgame and is ends up getting forced to work for the TVA or face deletion, which means that they would literally delete him from the timeline and he would like never, ever have existed. <clears throat> That's something. Can, can I? Go ahead. Can I sign up for this? <laughs> I have a few people I would like to delete from my timeline. We'll uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but there's this thing in the comics they have called the retroactive canon, and it's called the retcan, which sounds a lot like retcon. And it's how they go back and they, they can delete you from the timeline with that. Um, there's a couple of, of stories that have got some connections to some other upcoming MCU properties that we'll see here in the future that we'll talk about, but there's a good chance that that's what Loki is facing with the Legion. If it's not the retroactive canon, if they've done something different in the MCU, it's going to be along those similar lines, but he fucked up when he took that Tesseract. That's... We'll leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of timelines and the Tesseract, if the trailers are correct, and we we know in the past that the trailers for the MCU have uh, taken some liberties about what's actually in the show or movie, looking at you, and and looking at you specifically, Infinity War and Endgame... (laughs) But it does appear that Loki made, like, hella timelines when he left with the Tesseract. We know that he's definitely going to be using more magic, and we should get lots of dagger action in the show, and there's going to be lots of timeline multiverse stuff, and that's about really all I got. I know that there's a very good chance that other variants of Loki, and that's one thing that I think is we need to see at least one episode to really call the difference between variants and... Okay, so... We've got variant Loki, who is a Loki that we don't know, which is one of the unique things about this show, is that we're basically getting introduced to all new characters. The Loki that we've got on this show is from 2012, and so he's really just been through the events of Thor and Avengers. And then he gets... He's the one who escaped at the tower with the yes. act. And so, but that's the thing. So, like, he's a variant of the main Loki, but I also am almost positive we're going to meet Lady Loki and Kid Loki and potentially other versions of Loki. So... 
those will be multiverse versions, and I don't know if a multiverse version of a character... It's got to be different than a variant of a character. Like, this is a... Because a variant would be someone from a different timeline versus a different universe. Yes. Necessarily. And so, and so it looks like the Loki that we'll be following is a variant of the main Loki that we know from the main MCU Earth, and then we will meet multiverse versions of Loki, but... This is so... Like Ocarina of Time majority <laughs> timeline branch off. I love this. It's going to cause so many debates. Oh, yeah. Over the course of the show, it's going to be. Really I cool. think we'll get more. There will be more speculation like the WandaVision area with era with this show than what we had with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like we talked about this on, on both of those previous episodes. We didn't have anything, any idea what was going to happen in WandaVision. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was going to follow Sam becoming Captain America and Bucky dealing with his past as the Winter Soldier. That was pretty straightforward. There were some twists and some turns along the way, but there are just so many options with time travel and multiverse shit. And then you're working for an agency that's in control of like managing said timelines. Shit's going to get crazy and hectic. There's going to be, I think we'll get, get to the point where we've got that day crazy theory crafting like we had with WandaVision. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of fun. And so, so like I said, like, yes, Loki is in this, but this isn't the Loki that we've known. And then on top of that, we're getting all the TVA cast is going to be all new. We might get some familiar faces. I do think that I, I've seen it reported that Lady Civ is in this show, but I don't know if it's Ooh. a variant multiverse or like the main Civ. There's a good chance that Heimdall's in it. There's that portion in the trailer where Loki is D.B. Cooper and he jumps out the plane and he says, brother Heimdall. And then, you know, the rainbow light comes down from the Bifrost. Yes. So I, I have no idea what versions of those characters we're going to see, but there's a very good chance that we do see some familiar faces. But we have gotten two synopses for this show. And before we get into the synopses, this might be a stupid question, but do we know if this is taking place starting back in 2014? Or have we met him now in current times and then the TVA grabs him? Or is that up in the air because this is related to time travel? So it it's be whatever. It's up in the air, but I'm almost positive that he gets a, he gets arrested like almost instantly after taking the Tesseract. And there's a good chance that he actually loses a te Tesseract. But that's the thing is the TVA operates outside of the main timeline. So it's, it's time travel fucks with my head. <laughs> so, yeah, same with like black holes about the impact of the infinity stones yes. and what it means to have the tesseract floating yes. out there and what does that imply yes. for the events of Endgame yes. and our current timeline so this is already a mindfuck you can't undo what's already happened so the things that happen in Endgame that's one thing they establish in Endgame that time travel doesn't change changing the past doesn't change the future changing the past makes new branches of reality and so when Loki took the Tesseract, that's that little, the little squiggly we've seen with all the branches coming off of it. Those are the timeline that Loki has created. My assumption is, is that the TVA is tasking Loki with going back and clipping those alternate timelines he made. But knowing Loki, he's the god of mischief. He's going to get into some shit. And then also there's the possibility that there are other players at work that are trying to manipulate time so that they can get something that they want, likely in the mainstream timeline. So we've got, I've got some ideas about some of that. We'll talk about that as we really start talking about the TVA, but the Timekeepers and Kang the Conqueror are two names to definitely keep in mind when we start talking about big players, possibly potentially even manipulating the TVA and Loki, them, Loki himself. So, sure. but yeah, I, I don't know if we ever get to the main timeline in this. It may be that these are all, I mean, we've seen in the trailer, a lot of 
One place it looked like uh, a lot like a Mongolian kind of era, a New York City that one that looked like it was destroyed during the events of Avengers. Another one where it kind of looked like the New York from Endgame, where when Thanos had won at the very beginning. So we're going to jump around a whole lot. I have honestly no, again, no idea really what the plot of the show is outside that Loki is going to be time traveling and he's working with the TVA. And it looks like the chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson is going to be fantastic. Official synopses. In Marvel Studios' Loki, the mercurial villain Loki, Tom Hiddleston, resumes his role as the god of mischief in a new series that takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame. Kate Heron directs and Michael Waldron is head writer. Debuts on Disney Plus next year, 2021. So this answered my question there. It clues us into the fact that the show is set after Endgame. It is, but also because you're messing with time, it isn't. <laughs> right. And I'm sure the TVA is probably located somewhere in its own the realm of time, yep. right? Yep. It doesn't seem like much now, but there was lots of speculation as to what Loki was going to be when it was first yep. announced. So that obviously is from 2020. That may have actually been from 2019, because, you know, all of these shows were announced in 2018, 2019, and then started filming, That's and true. then the pandemic fucking hit. This doesn't really give us a whole lot. The, the events of the show are set after Endgame. But also because you're messing with time travel and do we make it back to the main timeline? Are we just going to mess with things in the past? How exactly do you even clip timelines? I think these are things that will probably be answered in this first episode. Um, as, as Loki gets introduced to the TVA, I imagine there'll be a lot of exposition in this episode, not a lot of action in the first one. Yeah, I am very excited to see what Loki gets up to and who the other players are in, in this show. Here's the second synopsis from Loki, the art of the series. Picking up immediately after Loki steals the Tesseract, again, <laughs> <laughs> he finds himself called before the Time Variance Authority, a bureaucratic organization that exists outside of time and space. Forced to answer for his crimes against the timeline and given a choice, face deletion from reality or assist in catching an even greater threat. So yeah. There we go. Yeah. This synopsis is, is actually a synopsis of what the show is. It's not just, hey, Loki's getting a show, and these are the people involved in it. Loki's coming. We've picked a star. Surprise. Yes. It's Loki. <laughs> so Loki's facing deletion, and we talked about that a little bit a second ago, and we'll really get into the retroactive canon when we get down into the TVA, TVA section of this. But we, Loki is being threatened with deletion, and that's not a good thing. And I am curious if he got deleted, how that actually would impact the main timeline. But then also, it may not Im impact the main timeline, because again, you can't undo what's already been done. And we've had Loki go through all of the steps in his main Loki's arc, and then variant Loki would just be deleted. So then that means that there would be no Tom Hiddleston Loki, because, you know, main one got killed by Thanos, and then variant one got deleted. So... Again, time travel is is a, a, a head trip. I think that'll probably be <laughs> my running theme. <laughs> yeah, that that we have. You know, it was Mephisto in 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 WandaVision, and um, you know, Sam and Bucky. Again, that was real straightforward. But I, I time travel is just going to be a motherfucker in this show. That's that's what I've got. Yeah. Because there are all kinds of things that could come into play. Like the TVA could be like, well, we can grant you this many things in order to change the past yep. or like these events. And you have to do this. You have to figure out what the one thing is in order to turn the tide and go do that or so. You know what I mean? Like, yep. 
there's so many options. So, yep, I can already feel my brain spinning about it, and we haven't gotten anything. Or if Kang is fucking with the timeline and he needs something to happen so that, you know, in the main timeline, this is set up for him when he shows up. There's all kinds of shit you can do with timeline. And then it's the multiverse as well, too. Pull Valkyrie out of a threesome with Taika and Rita Ora off the set of Love and Thunder. Yes, Love and Thunder, baby. Go ahead, Taika. Yeah, fuck. My man out there. Have you seen the photo of Taika floating around? We're on a first name basis. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette with another one behind his ear. Like, no. clearly after a threesome, it's such a mood. <laughs> oh, it's everything. Oh, I love him. My boy Summer. I love him so much. I love him so much. I'm very- Good for him. Welcome. Good, good for him. Yeah. I'm so excited. I'm good so fun. excited for that movie. And so uh, a thing that I did see today- it's been quoted, and I don't know if it was Feige or not, but it was one of the higher-ups at Marvel Studios. It may have been the um, Michael Waldron, the writer for this show. Yeah. Said that this, oh, Michael Waldron also wrote Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, but has said that this show is going to have big ramifications across the MCU. Um, I, I know specifics on that, but again, when you start talking about time travel, the multiverse, and... Uh, uh, the ability to ch- and then the quantum realm of yes. So this can op- this opens the door for all the shit that's gonna fuck with our minds yes. for the next like three years. So there's a chance that Loki shows up in Love and Thunder. It'll be a variant version of Loki. So him and Thor won't have the same history that you know Thor and Loki did when he was talking about the sun will shine on us again, brother. But right, I could see them having a moment where Thor's. Like Thor gets teary eyed, yep. like, oh, like thinking to reunion, yep. and Loki attacks him, and they have a hilarious exchange. Or, or maybe the TVA says, "Hey, yo, if you complete this mission, we'll give you the memories of of the other Loki." And so he may not have actually went through that, but the same way we talk about White Vision, where he got his memories back, you could give that Loki his memories back as well, too. So he may not have been the one that actually said the Shun may may shine on us again, brother, but he'll know that. A version of him said that. So again, when you start talking about time travel and an organization like the TVA, there's all kind of possibilities. So, yep. The other thing that we got from this second synopsis here is that there's a greater threat, and I think this will be presented as Lady Loki throughout the show. But ultimately, Kang, Amortis, or the Timekeepers are going to be the ones that are the greater threat, and that might right. we may be curious. It may be curious to see that even Mobius doesn't know necessarily about this greater threat. They may think that they're after the greater threat, but this may be somebody else manipulating all of them and pulling these strings behind the scene. Just a, a quick side note there, Kang and Amortis are technically the same person. Amortis is a different version of Kang the Conqueror because he, where the TVA is located in the Null Time Zone, as Kang the Conqueror travels through time, he ends up making different versions of himself, and then there's a Prime Kang and then the Kang that gets stuck in Limbo. Council of Kang. Yes, which we've seen actually behind the, the Judge. It, it does look like they're... It, so, so again, Kang the Conqueror and Immortus, I definitely think, are going to have a big impact on the show. I, I think it's actually down here in the notes somewhere. When they cast Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, and he was going to be the main villain in Ant-Man 3, I thought that that was a little early because I thought that the earliest Ant-Man 3 would come out possibly next year because they were there were rumors they I think they have filmed some scenes, scenes for it already but I think they're really about to get in the swing of, of filming Ant-Man 3 here really soon but if you're going to cast Kang that much earlier than the movie actually comes out he's probably going to appear in another property so I really think that even if he's not like a big player in this game we definitely get our Kang introduction in this because the Council of Kangs 
Kang the Conqueror, the TVA, all of these are tied hand in hand with each other. So like I said, I really think we're going to get back to that WandaVision era of theorizing stuff. But even with WandaVision, I think it was easier to theorize prior to the show coming out because we did have all these different ideas about what exactly might happen, but we knew that the premise of everything was Wanda dealing with her grief. The premise that we know about this is Loki traveling through time. And Loki traveling through time sounds like it has just an abundance of fucking potential routes that it could end up taking. So I'm really excited to see where this is going to go. So I mentioned this a little bit early, but Loki that we've got here in this show is a variant of Loki. And as far as I know, the MCU is Earth 199999. So Earth 199999. And that's considered the main Earth within the MCU. Whereas in the comics, the main Earth is Earth 616. There are a bunch of different ones, and this all ties into the multiverse kind of thing. So this could actually even have, where I've talked about before on Twitter, like I would love to see a canonical line of MCU comics. This could be a great introduction to do that because we're starting to mess with the multiverse. And then we'll get what if this summer that's going to deal with some of this other stuff. So, But I am curious how the MCU would interact with Earth 616. All of the characters from the Earth 19. 9999 are the main versions of these characters. (laughs) So the Loki that we're following is a variant of this main Loki. And so he started in the mainstream MCU, but then obviously in 2012, he gets removed from that timeline when he ends up with the Tesseract. Well, he doesn't get removed from that timeline. He jumps from that time. He makes a new new timeline, yes, by jumping with the Tesseract. Exactly. But then we come to find out that he didn't make just one new timeline. He made a bunch of new branching timelines from that. This is where the split from the variant and main Loki comes, because we've still got the main Loki that went through everything else in Dark World, uh, Ragnarok, and Infinity War. So those events still happen, and like they establish an endgame, changing the past doesn't change the future. So all of those things happen to main Loki. Variant Loki, though, is someone that has just been through the events of Thor and the Avengers, meaning that he's right in the midst of his god of mischief self, and has none of the redemption that the main Loki has gone through that, that he found in Ragnarok and Infinity War. So this allows you to do some really cool things with the characters to explore some different sides of him. And that's one of the things that I did. While there were some things that I didn't enjoy as much about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, largely with the fat flag smashers and, and some of the stances with the politics that they took in the show, the arcs of Sam and Bucky were fantastic, and digging into those characters and their backstory was a lot of fun. So I think doing the same thing with Loki was is going to be a, a real treat for us. And even though he's not the same Loki that we know, all of his backstory is the same as the main Loki, because up until this point, they've been the same person. So if they dig, there's no telling how far back he goes in time. There's no telling how far, how far forward he goes in time. But it's obvious that Mobius has been studying Loki for a very long time. And I imagine that we'll get some really cool backstory elements out of Loki in this as well, too. But yeah, outside of that, like, we really don't know much about him. He's in the midst of, of like, he's like, yo, fuck Thor. He was on the way to getting, getting taken to prison back on Asgard. But he hasn't, he hasn't experienced Frigga's death. He didn't trick Thor and become the the twice king of Asgard, but this time is Odin like he did in Dark World. He didn't go through any of that shit in, in Ragnarok where he was on Sakaar for no telling what amount of time he was there for because time was so much different in Sakaar. And then, you know... You know with the Grandmaster. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then Infinity War, you know, that 
his last little speech where he called himself a prince of Asgard and then called himself Loki Odin's son and kind of had that last little redemption moment before, you know, Thanos just crushed that man's entire throat. He hasn't gone through any of that. So it'll be real interesting to see how that how that plays out and what happens when Loki when variant Loki eventually does make it back to the mainstream timeline, because I don't know that it's going to happen in the show. It's for certain going to happen at some point in the MCU. And then with him running around the multiverse, there's no telling what could happen with him in, in multiverse of madness. You know, I know that we, I know we know that, you know, Elizabeth Olsen, Scarlet, Witch is going to be in there. And obviously Dr. Strange, since it's his movie, but Loki could show up there too. Mm hmm. So, yeah, it's it's it'll be fun to unpack this as we get more information, but we just don't know a whole lot about Variant Loki right now. So let's talk a little bit about something we know at least some background about, and that's the TVA or the Time Variance Authority. So the TVA is an agency concerned with monitoring realities throughout the multiverse Attempting to keep temporal interference to a minimum. They operate from the null time zone dimension. So like I was asking about yep. earlier there, and like was mentioned in the second synopsis, there is a place outside yep. of time and space in which time cannot be interfered with and have a working relationship with some time travelers and freelance operatives. Interesting. Yes. And I'm really excited about one of those freelance operatives in the comics that we're going to talk about later. I know uh, you're excited. And that's... That, there are some great ties with that, with how that person's second movie ended. So I don't think it'll happen this show, but I definitely do think that this is a great way to introduce him. But we'll talk about that later. Yes. The TVA's highest authority is their director, Mr. Alternity. Yep. Beneath him are various administrators. Each is an identical clone, including Mr. Mobius M. Mobius, Mr. Ouroboros, Mr. Paradox, and Mr. Tesseract. So they're an identical clone of each other or Mr. Alternity or both? One is a clone. And so like when they die, they just make a new one and then they input all their memories into them. So this is all from the comics. And based on, I think it was the Loki clip that just came out. We find out that the timekeepers are the one that ones that are actually running the TVA. So uh, this this breakdown of, of the director being Mr. Alternity, that may not end up being the case. It could end up being the case. But when we get into the timekeepers, I'll talk about that a little bit more. But this is all just directly from the comics. Right. And as we know, it's always an adaptation yes. to the MCU. Yes. So this is just this is just some solid background yeah. on what we can expect and how these parameters are yep. probably likely to be yep. set. But yeah, and I think we had notes ready for this before this trailer that gave us more info. Um, I mean, yeah, but it, yes and no, like the second trailer was already out, but that clip where the timekeepers gotcha. were there, that wasn't, but this is still, I think, pertinent information from the comics. I don't know if we'll, if we'll necessarily call it the null time zone in the MCU, but the same way that Sakaar operated on different time, this place- like Watch it be in yes, the quantum realm. And it very well could be. You know, there's all kind of different things and, and that the quantum realm would be a great fit within, within what they've done in the MCU already with time travel and stuff and, and the way that you can manipulate time. We know that Janet Van Dyne lived in the quantum realm for a long time and didn't age the same way as other folks. It, it could be something that you've got to use a quantum realm to enter the null time zone. There's all kind of options with that, but I am almost certain that the TVA is going to operate somewhere that's completely outside of time and time doesn't really pass. It, it doesn't move linearly linearly for them the way that we as humans interpret a few times linearly did i say it wrong right uh, uh it was close i just i don't know i just be saying shit it's whatever <laughs> I hear a lot on here because i'm 
stony baloney all the time. The TVA uses a virtually infinite number of chronomonitors, yep. and these are faceless men who sit before computers in the Hall of Chronometry that monitor every event of the timeline to which they've been assigned. There's a chronometer for every timeline in existence, with one created every time a reality comes into being, so no wonder they can tell that Loki's yep. fucking shit up. Exactly. When time travel or reality warps occur within their assigned reality, the chronometers alert the administrators through tachyon impulses, and the admins determine how to proceed. So I think that we'll probably get a more streamlined version of this in the show, and that's obviously what Mobius is. He's obviously the main administrator that we'll follow in this. Whether or not there are other ones, we'll have to wait and see. And then they've got judges in the the MCU TVA that I my assumption is like, yo, they judge your crimes against the timeline and they decide if you get deleted or not. And I think that's something that may kind of be at least more unique to the MCU and definitely fleshed out more if it is something that occurred in the comics. I, I didn't really come across anything um, as I was researching on these notes. I would like to make a, a, a quick note here about the chronomonitors. That it seems like the chronomonitors and the watchers are the inspiration for the chronicoms and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as they serve a similar purpose to both the watchers and the chronomonitors. So the chronicoms are like an advanced race from Chronica 2, and they send out anthropologists throughout the galaxy to observe all sentient life and are not meant to interfere unless an extinction-level event is set to occur, much like the Watchers, although the Watchers are meant to not interfere at all, which goes back to their very early origins when they uplifted a species and then they destroyed themselves with nuclear fire. <laughs> and while the name seems to be inspired by the chronomonitors, who function similar to the chronicoms, but the chronomonitors watch entire realities rather than singular planets and report to administrators where the chronicom anthropologists report back to Chronica 2. So that's just a cool little side note. The chronicoms from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. don't actually exist in the comics. That was something that they made up for that show, and I think we've probably found the inspirations for those um, with these two species, I guess. It, it kind of seems like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. wanted to involve the TVA when they did this time travel stuff, but the Marvel Studios was not too keen on letting them take that. So the Chronicoms is what they ended up ended up coming up with so that they could have some kind of uh, viewer of the time travel stuff that happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I think that, again, this is just another kind of small piece of evidence that points to the fact that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Marvel Netflix shows... Um, any of the ABC shows, anything that wasn't produced by Marvel Studios at this point probably is no longer canon to the main Earth of the MCU. That doesn't mean that they can't have occurred in the multiverse in the MCU, which is if I had to choose, I would set all of these shows on the Earth, the 2014 Earth that Thanos left in the multiverse. But we'll see how all that shakes out. But I think that Loki might give us a good idea about some of this time travel stuff and what it may mean for some of these characters that were on these other uh, these non-Marvel Studio properties. So that will be interesting to see. The TVA has the power to discontinue timelines, virtually erasing them from history. They have also used their powers to incarcerate rogue time travelers. The TVA's warriors are called the Minutemen, an army of soldiers produced via cloning and cybernetics and wear, and wear suits of power armor. My guess is that they're probably like knockoff Iron Man, which I think will be fun to see. Nintendo Power Gloves. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not in it, I will fucking riot. 
the Minutemen are led by the Justices, who are tem- temporal patrol officers with the authority to time travel and solve the TVA problems. So this is, these notes were done before these posters dropped today, and it looks like they may be called Hunters in the MCU, but they could end up, the Hunters could be below Justices or above Justices, but we we got a... a a poster today for uh, one specific, and I do think that Variant Loki will likely become a Justice or a Hunter for the TVA, uh, probably in a temporary status throughout this first season, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up becoming a full-time Justice or Hunter by the end of this season or the beginning of season two. And this sets up some really cool options for Loki if he's working for the TVA. He can show up fucking anywhere at that point, and uh, I love Loki, so I think that's a really, really cool idea. Murphy's Multiverse, one of our little favorite scooper sites, has Chris Brewster listed as playing Minute Man. So there's potential that this force has been boiled down to a single member for adaptation purposes, or that Minute Man would be like the leader of the Minute Men on the show. But with us getting one Minute Man, we don't want no. <laughs> All right, Missy. <laughs> I am curious to see what adaptation choices they have made with the TVA because it's it's one of the things that didn't surprise me when they announced that the TVA was going to be a part of the show. It's something that's pretty ingrained in the comic history, but it's something that's not really expanded upon much in the comic history and gives the, the MCU a lot of free reign to make their own decisions about this and not piss people off with their adaptation choices. So as we mentioned earlier, the TVA does operate out of the null time zone, a dimension that exists outside of time itself. I'm really curious to see how they end up adapting that within this. Like Jenny mentioned, potentially it could be in the quantum realm. I think that's a really cool way to fit it into the MCU and the mythology and lore that they're building in this live-action universe. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, the TVA's most lethal weapon is the retroactive cannon. A weapon that bombards an individual with anti- anti-temporal rays that unravels the individual through time, erasing them from existence. Yeah, that that gives me the idea, though, that they could also use that to tamper with events mm-hmm. interest yes and, and so again this may not be something that's adapted one for one from the comics to the mcu and so it, we have seen somebody that looks like they got deleted from time in one of the trailers already so i'm curious to see if it's actually going to be the the retroactive canon or not but just as a side note here i thought it was really cool that this is often referred to as the retcan the retroactive canon is clearly a meta shout out to retcon the practice used by storytellers to add previously unknown material to an event in a previous story and also kind of just a cute meta name with canon yeah yeah so i i'm really curious to see if this is going to be adapted one for one and actually speaking of this Based on the clip that was released earlier, I guess last week at this point, it seems like the timekeepers are the head of the TVA rather than Mr. Alternity in, like in the comic. In the comics, there are three timekeepers as well as three opposing time twisters. All six beings were created by He Who Remains, the last director of the TVA and the last surviving reality before the heat death of the universe. And just to be clear... He who remains is capitalized, like he who must not be named. Yes. It wasn't just Jake speaking no. really properly, because I, I wouldn't have known who he who That was. is his name, is he who remains. My assumption is he's probably a clone of Mr. Alternity that has just made it so far in the future that they've kind of lost some of their history and, and stuff like that. But he's the last one in the last universe. He initially creates the Time Twisters with the hope that these beings would survive the end of this universe and travel into the next universal cycle with the knowledge of the past to improve the future. However, the Time Twisters were born flawed, and instead they began to travel backwards through time to reach the beginning, ultimately ultimately destroying 
multiple timelines in Earth before Thor, Jane Foster, the Warriors 3, and Zakaro, the Tomorrow Man, are able to reach the end of time and convince he who remains to terminate the Time Twisters before they are born. What this does is actually creates two separate timelines, one where the Time Twisters still live, and another one where he who remains creates the Time Keepers instead, a more perfected version of the Time Twisters. Time Twisters and the Time Keepers become enemy who fight bitterly throughout time, with the Time Twisters bent on the destruction of time, and the Time Keepers fighting to protect and preserve time. So so this is the thing, and all of this is to say that there's a good chance that the TVA is currently be ran, being ran by the Time Twisters rather than the Time Keepers, as mentioned in the clip that we saw earlier, and they may be using the TVA and Loki for some more nefarious reasons than whatever we're initially presented with in the show. But also, it could just be that the MCU is adapting things differently and the Time Twisters don't exist. The Time Keepers are the ones that are just in charge of the TVA. That's something that I think we'll see probably in that first episode is as Loki gets, you know, his little tour around the TVA and they explain some of these things. But in the comics, though, the TVA and the Time Keepers were two distinct teams who occasionally interacted, but the Time Keepers did not manage the TVA as it appears to be the case with the show. So... That, again, is just some comic book background knowledge. I would keep in mind the Time Twisters because that could be a cool twist towards the end of the show that you find out the Time Keepers are actually the Time Twisters and they've been manipulating everything. But that also could be a long shot because, like you just said, that could be kind of confusing to people who are not as in tune with the comic. Miss Minute is another character we saw in the second trailer. She is the TVA mascot. She is the clock with the deep southern accent. And honestly, this reminds me of like plantation, like racist accents, but I digress. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. I was like, oh, yeah, they've been filming in Atlanta. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm at World of Coke right now. <laughs> it, it's literally World of Coke. It is. And then, yo, it really is. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yo. And, and so when I was doing some research on this, I didn't find any references from the comics about her. So this may really just be like they somebody they were down here and like the people were like, hey yo, let's go explore Atlanta. And they ended up there. Yo, that's crazy. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. That's wild. It's funny. So she could be more than just the mascot for the TVA, but we're just gonna have to mm-hmm. wait for the episodes to air before we get any confirmation on her role past being the mascot because we know nothing yeah. about her. Um it, it could be that there's like she could be an AI yes. kind of thing, like a Friday or a Karen or Yes, that's my yeah. thought. And I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. Yo, Miss Minix could actually end up being the main bad guy. And she's trying to figure out how to get her uh, how to get like a corporeal form or is trying to manipulate time somewhere so that she can do something. So Yeah. Or is working in tandem with Kang or Amortis or yep, exactly. So there's and that's the thing when you introduce these or controlled by whatever, if it's not full AI. And that's the thing is when when these characters are introduced, I always have to keep a keen eye on them. Ultron. Yo, yo, shit. What if it? Yo, yes, exactly. It's Ultron from a different. it's It's a variant on Ultron or it's like Ultron's wife. And like she's trying to bring Ultron back. Yeah. Ultrons, yeah, in the internet. Yeah, that's found her. That's that's super tinfoil right there. But yo, you, I mean, you never know when you introduce these new I'm characters. Hilarious. It's my job to be tinfoil hat. But there's, I mean, but there's again, Ultron. Yo, I I just watched Age of Ultron relatively recently, and when Vision is getting ready to burn him out of the internet, and he tells, or when he's burned out of the internet, and then all, or Vision tells Ultron that Ultron is the last version of himself. Ultron says you're incredibly naive and Ultron's not dead. He saved. He's Ultron is known for redundancies. So he's still out there somewhere. So uh, it, it again, 
I miss minutes in Ultron. Ultron doesn't really have ties to TVA or time travel and stuff, but it's there. Those these are, just had to do this to get everybody to be like, ah! <laughs> but no, I, I mean, those are the kind of threads that, that you could tie together in the MCU because they do fit things. They take things from the comics, but then fit them into the universe they've built. So there's no telling what Miss Minutes is going to get up to or who she is, or if she's even got a corporeal form at this point. Maybe there actually is like a little clock person walking around the TVA and we just haven't seen it in the trailers yet. So there's no telling what we end up getting from her. Another character we now have confirmed is Hunter B-15, as Jake mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. being played by Wunmi Masako, likely one of the main TVA agents, and as a hunter, likely travels through time righting the wrongs the TVA finds. This character is not specifically referenced in the comics, but is likely the MCU version of TVA justices, mm-hmm. as Jake was talking about again earlier, who travel through time apprehending rogue time travelers and write the flow of time for the TVA. Just a couple of cool, I think I mentioned this at the top of the episode, a couple of cool little TVA related stories there. We've got two of them here. She-Hulk was once involved in a case where they called in the TVA as it involved a time traveler. Twelve jurors who were selected were set to die prior to the defendant's crimes, meaning their deaths were in the near future. She-Hulk attempted to warn one of these jurors as the juror in question was in the former, a former Avengers teammate, Hawkeye. My least favorite. My least favorite. My least favorite one in the MCU. But yo, comic Hawkeye is so badass. Yo, and then the, and then Hawkeye on the Avengers game is dope as shit too. Like, yo, they just made Hawkeye lame as fuck in the MCU. And I, that is one of the greatest failings of the MCU. Like, I still, I still hate, oh my God, I remember those videos. This is the second unforgivable reference I've made on this podcast, by the way. <gasps> oh. He definitely did. He was from high school. Yes. About Carly. Oh, my God. Yes. As much as I hate John Walker, at least he was an intriguing character. Hawkeye, I hate Hawkeye because he fucking sucks and he's boring. But anyways, She-Hulk tried to intervene and warn Hawkeye, and as punishment for this, She-Hulk was brought to the Null Time Zone, and she was set to be removed from the history by the retroactive canon. She-Hulk eventually swayed the TVA to allow her her own trial before the trial could come to pass. Clockwise, who is another villain that potentially could... There's going to be multiple seasons of Loki, too, and if if he continues to work for the TVA, Clockwise is uh, a villain that we could see show up at some point. But he stole the retroactive cannon and attacked the TVA, and She-Hulk was eventually cleared from her crimes for assisting the TVA in stopping Clockwise. We've got... A handful of characters. I mean, we've got two characters already in the MCU, and we could definitely see something like this come to come to pass. And not even in a Loki show. The TVA, I think, is going to be something. Hulk's coming up. Yeah, it's going to be something that we'll see throughout the MCU for a while now, especially with this time travel multiverse stuff. As long as that's there, the TVA, I think, will probably be at the forefront of the MCU. So um, we may not ever get this story one for one, but I definitely could see something like that coming to pass here in the future. The second story is about Mobius and Mobius. He was once demoted at the TVA for allowing the Fantastic Four to escape custody. Mobius M. Mobius, or Triple M, then enlisted the Fantastic Four to aid him in overcoming the demotion, and with the Fantastic Four's assistance, Mobius secured a potential job in Kang the Conqueror's empire, and when he threatened the TVA with accepting the position, he was restored to his former TV. Yeah, so that's something that, again, you've got Kang, you've got Mobius, and the Fantastic Four we know are coming soon. So this is another thing that we could come, it may not ever be one for one, but another cool story that involves some characters we've already got in the MCU or are coming to the MCU. 
And speaking of Mobius and Mobius, let's talk about his uh, comic book origins a little bit. Uh, he started as a member of junior management at the TVA, but due to his meticulous attention to detail, he was eventually promoted to an executive position in the senior management of the organization. As Jenny just mentioned, uh, Mobius first met the Fantastic Four when detaining them for illegal time use, continuity theft, and other various time travel-related charges. The F-4 managed to escape Mobius' custody, for which Mobius was almost demoted, but with the help of the Fantastic Four, he was able to maintain his position, and Mobius was actually one of the judges in the She-Hulk trial that the TVA was involved in. So yeah, this is, it, it again, Mobius is one of those characters that doesn't have a real, real deep, deep comic history, which allows them some free reign to kind of do what they want. I think that we can tell from the trailers that he's going to be a, a real snarky in the same way that Loki is. Their banter looks like it's going to be really good back and forth. And Owen Wilson is, I either love or hate him in the movies because whatever he's in, because I don't think he has great range. I think he really just like plays himself in everything. And there are some roles that are better for that than others. And it looks like they've kind of shaped this Mobius role for his kind of like snarky brand of comedy. And I think it'll play really well off Tom Hiddleston. So I am really excited, really excited for him and to get into to some of his history and what they've done, what potential changes they've made with him from the comics to this to the show adaptation wise. Another character who got a poster today is Ravana Renslayer. She was the daughter of King Corellius, a ruler in 40th century Earth. So obviously way in the future. Yep. The kingdom of Corellius was the last bastion of civilization unconquered by Kang, the conqueror, in that time. Kang spared them because he was smitten with Ravana, but she refused his love because he was a commoner and not royal. <laughs> but he swore to win her heart eventually. After a lengthy war, the involvement of the modern-day Avengers and Kang defecting to the Avengers' side, Ravana sacrificed herself to save Kang's life and confessed her love to Kang with her dying breath. After these events... Things get weird because time travel, and there are many different divergence of Ravana, but fortunately, the MCU Ravana appears to only be taking light inspiration from her comic book counterpart. As in Loki, she's both judge of the TVA and Ray Spent. She's blonde-haired and blue-eyed in the comics, and in the MCU, she will be played by Gugu Mbatha-Ra. Yep. Did I say that right? I think so. You're very close. I'm sure that I'm sure that she'll forgive us because I know that she's going to listen to this episode. That if we got it wrong, she'll send us she'll send us a little voice memo and be like, "This is how you actually say it." Because of course, she's listening to us. Yeah, we <laughs> looked it up and tried, so that's we we yes, we made an effort. And so, since this is since the MCU version of Ravana is going to be such a departure from their comic origins, I really have zero clue where they're going to go with this character. But I wouldn't be surprised if we do see different versions of her, variant versions, multiverse versions, and if she does not have at least some minimal connection to Kang in the MCU. Like we were mentioned earlier, uh, with the potential for somebody to be pulling strings at the TVA to, to get some ends to a mean that they want, we could see Ravana in that role. So there's a lot of different stuff they can do because in, in the comics, she eventually takes over Kang's dynasty when he dies in one timeline and there's other ones where she's a good, where she's a hero, and other ones where she's more villainous. So there's lots of ways that they can go with her. So I'm really curious to see what uh, what they'll end up doing with her. So now we got a, a few little theories here that I think we'll probably see play out here at some point in this show. So let's uh, just go ahead and jump on in. I, I think this first one we mentioned a little bit earlier is there is going to be a Lady Sif appearance. Murphy's Multiverse actually has Jamie Alexander down as part of the cast. so. 
they're usually fairly accurate. The biggest miss that they had was the Doctor Strange being in WandaVision thing, and then uh, like a month or... But he was supposed to be anyway. And then a month or two after everybody gave Charles hell about him being wrong, we come to find out that, yo, Benedict Cumberbatch did sign a contract to be in WandaVision, and that they cut it at the last second, and that, you know, Murphy's Multiverse was actually right, so... I find them to be fairly accurate, but I have no idea what capacity Civ may show up in, but... My guess is it would likely be a variant of the main Sif. I'm not sure if variant Loki is going to end up making it back to the main timeline by the end of this show. There's definitely a possibility for that, as I've heard that Loki leads into Love and Thunder. I also have just this whole entire theory about Gore, Mjolnir, and that Jane will end up wielding, all coming from the multiverse, so... Loki could have a tie to that. And so while variant Loki may not make it back to the main timeline in the show, there's certainly a chance that variant Loki shows up in love and thunder as an agent of the TVA. Um, Sif, this could be a multiverse version of Sif. This could be, that would be my assumption. It's probably a multiverse or some type of variant of Sif, but uh, there's definitely potential for that. Um, I've mentioned him multiple times throughout this episode. I think that Kang the Conqueror will end up appearing on this show. I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier when they cast Jonathan Majors last year. I thought it was a little early for Quantumania and thought that Kang would end up making an appearance in another property prior to Quantumania. And honestly, what better property than Loki, especially what they're doing with this show with the time travel. I have long theorized that Kang will be the Loki, quote-unquote, of, of these next phases and that Doctor Doom would be the, quote-unquote, Thanos. So it's a cool little meta, meta shout-out to have Kang first appear on Loki, and then not to mention that the whole show's premise is time travel and alter, alternate realities in the TVA, all which have strong connections to Kang in the comic. So if there is no timekeepers, time twisters twist that I talked about a little bit earlier, Kang is likely to end up being the bad guy that's pulling the strings behind the scenes and manipulating the TVA and Loki, so... I would really love to see Loki and Kang face off towards the end of the series because I don't think that they even have to be necessarily enemies. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Kang and Loki work together at some point in the future. So I, I do think that we'll get Kang's introduction here. I think we've seen enough in the trailer to kind of really not necessarily confirm that, but I, to, to point us in the direction that I think he will show up. I mentioned this a little bit earlier to Lady Loki. is probably going to appear. Again, Murphy's Multiverse has Sophia DiMartino listed as playing Lady Loki. And again, they're usually on point. Uh, but this is something that I have been talking about since they announced the show, that we get Lady Loki. Um, she's fairly popular from the comics, and I think it's likely that she's going to be presented as the antagonist of the show, but will likely end up becoming an ally to variant Loki and the TVA by the end of the show. So I'm really excited to see how that's going to play out. And then, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, we'll get the variant Loki... We'll get Lady Loki, and I also think that we'll end up getting Kid Loki here. There's little to no news about this, but the show follows variant Loki, and it's long been rumored that we'd see other alternate versions of Loki, so I think that it's a good thought that we end up getting to see Kid Loki's introduction in this show. As far as Kid Loki's role in the show goes, that can really go a whole lot of different ways, so... In the comics, Kid Loki is actually main Loki reincarnated after main Loki had Hela remove his name from the Book of Hell. Once reincarnated, Kid Loki has no memory of his past as Loki, and even though everyone views him with distrust, he tries to do good. His past memories are eventually returned to him, and Kid Loki begins leaning more into his God of Mischief shenanigans again, but this presents a really cool adaptation opportunity for the MCU. If variant Loki has longevity and is assuming the trickster role in the MCU, they could allow Kid Loki to be the quote-unquote good version of Loki. 
Uh, similar to how main Loki ended his arc in, in Infinity War and add him as a member of the Young Avengers. Or we could see, you know, the MCU be like, fuck it, and we want to have all the tricksters, and we see Kid Loki oppose the Young Avengers, much like Loki did in Avengers with the main Avengers. And then you would get the, the opportunity for a Kid Loki and, and variant Loki to team up. Or it could be that, you know, Loki... That was a question that I asked in Infinity Wars. Like, why did Loki think trying to stab Thanos with a knife would, one, why why you thought it was a good idea, and then two, why you thought that stabbing Thanos with a knife would actually kill him? So Right, or do anything. Yes. So what if uh, Loki does have some kind of, like, similar thing here to the comics where he knows that if he dies, he's going to come back. It may be as a kid, but he still comes back. So we very much could see that variant Loki ends up becoming, like, the good one. And that kid Loki ends up becoming, like, the whole-on, like, old Loki that we used to know. But there's a lot of different possibilities about the way that that can go. But I do think that we will get kid Loki's introduction in this show. And so, we've gotten to, I think, Jenny's probably favorite book there we got here. Oh, you know I've been ready for this, and I've found every opportunity to try to find a loophole for it. We have potential for Deadpool! Yes! Links, as well as Fantastic Four, whatever. But Deadpool! In the comics, Wade Wilson is a member of the TVA, and time travel was introduced at the end of Deadpool 2, as you all should know at this point. So... Like Jake likes to remind me, it's an extreme long shot that Deadpool shows up anytime soon. But there's a good chance that Loki and or the TVA will be linked to Deadpool's intro to the MCU. This would explain why Deadpool in the MCU is the same one as the Fox universe and sets up the Fox universe as canon in the MCU multiverse. And if you've followed Jake or history of the MCU for any extended period of time, you've heard Jake talk about all the legacy Marvel movies and shows and how they should be placed on separate Earths in the MCU's multiverse. Yeah. And so I think that if you were to go this route and I mean, we saw Cable and Deadpool had the, the time travel little device at the end of that. So I think there's strong ties here to, to the TVA time travel. Wade is part of the TVA. So you could even fold him. He could, him and Cable could get into shenanigans in Deadpool 3, and Deadpool 3 is technically not set in the MCU yet, right? It's still set in the Fox universe. And then Mobius shows up like, yeah, what the fuck are y'all doing over here? Y'all just breaking the timeline. So then they got to come and work for the TVA too. I know that the Deadpool that we'll get in the MCU is supposed to be the same one as the Fox universe. Plans can always change, but currently what I know is that he will be the same one. Ryan Reynolds signed a, fi- a fat ass deal. Contract. Yes, I've heard upwards of nine or ten movies or appearances. Yeah. Uh... So one that means that he can make those real meta fourth wall jokes about like, yo, this is not the. Ch- I've met two Charles Xavier's, and this is not either of them. When when Professor X does show up, you can have him show up. Which I know that y'all have heard me talk about this before. Have him be the new Stan Lee cameo and show up in everything again. If you're working with yeah. the TVA, that makes sense. And so I I think that this would allow legacy characters to end up showing up in the MCU, but then Feige and company don't have to take on all that shit continuity from the other franchises. You can just cherry pick which characters you like, and the TVA can be that catalyst to bring them into the mainstream MCU, because at that point, like I've I've mentioned before, I even said it earlier in this episode, I think that that 2014 uh, timeline that Thanos left from in Endgame would be a great place to put all this stuff. Because even if you look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in Season of 5, Thanos isn't there. The Confederate... Is it the Confederation? I think it's like a... It's a loose confederation of some alien um uh, species that are working together and they kind of like, yo, take over worlds and shit, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to 
dive too deep into that, but they use, they name drop Thanos, but they don't think that Thanos exists in their universe anymore, which if Thanos left that 2014 timeline to come to the 2023 timeline in Endgame, and then he gets snapped away by Tony, they're exactly is a timeline, uh, an alternate Earth where Thanos doesn't exist. I think that you could drop Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on on that Earth, all the Netflix shows, all the ABC shows, and it would make sense why they make references to the MCU, but the MCU never acknowledged them, and why they're very vague references. Like in um, the first season of Daredevil, they never call it the Battle of New York, they call it the Incident, I think. So, again, with them opening up the multiverse, I think this just makes a whole lot of sense. While we're still very unclear about the potential roles that Maguire and Garfield Spider-Man would have in No Way Home, it very much does look like the Sony Sony universe is setting itself, uh, or its connections to the MCU through the multiverse, and I think that it would be a mistake for the MCU not to follow suit with the Fox universe and the Marvel TV shows. So... Uh, again, like Jenny mentioned, I don't think it'll be this season. Um, I, I, but honestly, shit, who knows? We, I know that Reynolds has signed the contract. And the MCU does have leaks, but they also do a really good job of keeping a lot of shit under wraps. So it may not be a, a long appearance, but we very much could potentially end up seeing Wade Wilson in this. And then the Fantastic Four have always dabbled in time travel. Um, and as we discussed before, there are already interactions between the Fantastic Four and Mobius in the comics. And while I think it's very unlikely that we see him this season, Loki is supposed to have multiple seasons. So we could see some Fantastic Four Easter eggs and potentially even get their introduction on this show in the future. I think that the TVA will probably be more involved in introducing the Fantastic Four than necessarily like Loki or the Loki show. But um, there's definitely potential for it uh, with all the connections that we've got going on here. So this is not likely to happen this season, but we'll probably get a Mortis, who is a version of Kang who spent the majority of his life in Limbo, where he attempted and almost successfully masters time itself. If Kang does have a strong presence in the first season, we could see a Mortis make an appearance toward the end of this show or in a post credit scene. But I think the more likely possibility is the groundwork will be set for an eventual Immortus appearance uh, in this show. So uh, just again, Kang, Amortis, and, and the Time Keepers are, are, are three names, to, or the Time Twisters, not the Keepers. The Keepers are actually going to be in the show. Are our three names to kind of keep your eyes on about potential, like, big bads in the, uh, in the, in the Loki in the show. So we'll have to see how all of that plays out. Cause like I said, I, I don't think, I think that Lady Loki will present it as the, the main villain, but I, I don't even think that she's actually a villain. I think she's probably working to stop whoever the big bad is and that she will end up teaming up with, with the TVA and Loki by the end of this show. Season two may not focus on Hiddleston's Loki. So we've talked about this throughout the episode a bit. Variant Loki is likely to become a justice or agent for or the Hunter, TVA yeah. by the end of the show. Or Hunter. Yeah, exactly. Whatever the MCU interpretation will be. So this sets Hiddleston up to show up almost anywhere in the MCU, like we've said. But it could also mean the future seasons may not focus on his Loki and Lady Loki or Kid Loki or insert version here could be the focus of season two. Yep, exactly. And I I think that Hiddleston probably will be in season two based on some of the things I've heard about how they were going to structure this season. But I think that this one has potential to have like multiple seasons, not just like season one and season two. Like we could get three, four seasons of this show and that season two. Even if Hiddleston's in it, he probably won't be the only Loki that really gets a lot of screen time. So, I mean, that's obviously well off in the future. So we'll have to see how that uh, that plays out. But I'm really, really excited for this show. I really yeah. love what they've done with time travel up to this point in the MCU. I'm really excited to see them expand on that. 
So I think this show is going to be a lot of fun. And, and like I mentioned, I think that we'll get back to that Wanda vision era of theorizing with this show because there's just so much crazy shit that can happen. I, I think after the first episode, Jenny and I will have some more harebrained tinfoil theories for you once we get some more kind of, you know, just some more plot. Can we call it tinfoil time? Yeah. Tinfoil time on the episodes when we, that's our, our especially unhinged theory section. Yes, yes. I was going to say we'll have we'll have our regular theories that are like, yeah, like pretty sure like this is going to happen. But then like, yo, like Miss Minutes and Ultron, that's going to fall in tinfoil. <laughs> tinfoil time. Mephisto showing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, man. So, y'all, I think that this probably about wraps us up for uh, this preview episode of Loki. Uh, I thanks so much for joining us. I hope we uh, not only got you hyped for this, but provided some context for Loki. You know, there's a lot of unknowns with this show. Like I said, it's the first one that basically has all new characters. And this obviously won't be the last one like that. But, I mean, WandaVision was Wanda and Vision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where it's Sam and Bucky. Those are characters that we're very familiar with. And, of course, we got new characters introduced. But this show is almost exclusively new characters. So it's real hard, like I said, to nail down, like, some of these theories and stuff. But I hope some of this background information from the comics make things a little bit more digestible for y'all. But... I think that everyone should go ahead and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at History of the MCU. Check out our website, historyofthemcu.com. I swear one day I'm actually going to start posting new stuff on there. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I do have on there that I think would be very beneficial to a lot of people, and I think we might actually do a mini-sode of The Eternals before we do the preview episode, because, I mean, that movie is still, like, four months away, and I know that there are a lot of questions about The Eternals. I do have an article that kind of breaks down The Eternals comic history, kind of like what we've done with this uh with these characters here in Loki, I would definitely recommend going to check that out. Shoot us an email. Yeah, send us your questions. Send us your questions about the Eternals and we'll do a mini-sode Q&A before we do the preview. I've got, I've got a couple um, from Twitter um, and one or two, I think, out of the, uh, the Discord. So we'll, we'll, I'll put those together on a little document. And we'll uh, Perfect. look into that. Also, if you want to shoot us an email and ask us questions, let us know your thoughts. Send us some, something cool, some cosplay. That's going to be historyoftheMCU at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our other stuff. <laughs> We've got MCU and Brews coming back yep. hopefully this week. We've yep. got one recorded where Zach, uh, Jake's brother, and Jake get a little saucy and explain MCU movies. The first Avenger. We're also going to go ahead and uh, do uh, Star Wars and Brews, too, because... Zach, the way that I know the MCU, Zach knows Star Wars. So I think we'll probably start. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, we'll start at the beginning and uh, we'll we'll get the Falc or the first Avenger out. And then the next uh, Andrews episode will probably be Star Wars and Bruce and we'll do the Phantom Menace. Oh, I like that. We just launched Wicked Sick, a fucked up true crime podcast that I made with our friend Akira. So check that out. It's fun. Fun is maybe not the right word, <laughs> <laughs> but we have a good time. And uh, Pixar Didn't Happen is still happening with eFlow. We have kind of been just like, we've kind of been lying in wait. I think we're going to do a pre-camp special okay. and then get started again during camp. Right. So we'll probably be ramping things up around June or July there. So stay tuned. It's still coming. Uh, but yeah, so we're going to get Patreon here launch soon. Uh, I think we'll probably shoot for a July launch. Um, we could get it up for June, but I want to make sure that we've got some content built up so that, uh, you know, you're getting your money's worth with that. Uh, we'll have some character deep dives, early releases for some episodes. We'll, I'm going to make sure that Jenny's artwork in progress gets posted up there. And uh, we'll have some uh, special Discord channels. So as always, thank everyone 
wait a minute. Don't forget uh, Dune Hunter's first oh, single yeah. and music video dropped last week, month? Two weeks ago? A couple weeks ago. <laughs> Two weeks ago? Dune Hunter's first single and video dropped. We are on Spotify and Apple Music. The video is on YouTube. You can follow us at Dune dot hunter d-u-n-e dot hunter on instagram uh we have a Bandcamp page and all that but yeah we're on we're on spotify y'all we have merch on Bandcamp as well we're trying to clear it out because we we bought some cool designs that we're gonna oh, be utilizing for yeah. some new merch yeah. so stay tuned it's exciting we're booking shows y'all yes. tickets are on sale it's tickets cool. are on sale Link in bio, link in bio it's on my bio it's on the Dune Hunter page had to plug it couldn't help it oh, no, thanks always. so much for so, so much for the support, everybody. Also, thanks for everybody's support in the cover girl contest that I've been in. You're, I can't believe everybody's been riding so hard for me. I appreciate you, you so, so much. You're love amazing. You, bitch. I love you. Thank you. I hope I make it through the next round, but regardless, I am I am humbled and my heart is so full. Yeah. And then just even if you don't make it through this one, uh, the support only continues to mount and grow. So the next time yeah. we go win that bitch, we out here. Yes. But as I just said, thank everybody <laughs> so much for the support. Support. It really means the world to us. I am once again going to request that you come and hang out on Discord with us. The people are awesome. It's great. I have taken a bit of a vacation from not just Discord, but like everything in my life. But I'm back. Mm -hmm. um, so shoot us a DM on, on Instagram or Twitter at History of the MCU and we'll get you that Discord link. But uh, thanks for hanging with us this weekend. We will be back uh, sometime relatively soon with the mini-sode. Uh, we've got a Black Widow. Bruce should be coming out in the next couple yeah. days. Jake, send it to me. I'm going to edit okay. it for you. Okay, bet, bet. Um, yeah, so yeah, man, I guess it's about time we say <laughs> bye. And attempting to keep the temporal inter temporal inference. Interference. Yeah. <laughs> you good? <laughs> I'm stunned. Oh, I can tell. <laughs> temporal interference. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this, yeah. this, this is gonna be a post-credit scene. Uh, so Akira can tempting. Akira can make that meme of, of you getting punched by the word this time. <laughs> <laughs> I got a pose for him. After these events, things get weird because time travel. After this again, uh, after the hang on, having a time today. Okay. After these events, things gets bleh. after. These <laughs> Good, <laughs> good.